0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Are you one in the blood in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood? Each moment in the crucified, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion bright? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed washed in the blood, in the the soul-cleansing blood blood of the Lamb? lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? There is power, power, wonder-working power power in in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood of the
1: Lamb? Our old enemy, Lucifer the devil, is fighting to keep you and to keep me in chains. But we can see through his tricks if we dwell in the scriptures and in Jesus. And Jesus dwells in us by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now there is a prayer that I want to share with you as we open today. It's the prayer of Manasseh. 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles both describe Manasseh as one of the most idolatrous of the kings. His father was a holy man. But this man turned in absolute rebellion against the Most High God. Because of his wickedness, more wicked than any king up to that point in Judah. He is taken captive by the Assyrians. 2 Chronicles thirty-three, eleven 11-13 and there, in Babylon, this man prays. Second Chronicles 13, 18-19 The other events of Manasseh's reign, including his prayer to God, and the words the seer spoke to him in the name of the Lord God, the God of Israel, are written in the annals of the kings of Israel. His prayer... And how God was moved by his entreaty, as well as all his sins and unfaithfulness, and the sites where he built high places, and set up Asherah poles and idols before he humbled himself—all of these are written in the record of the seers. Now, Second Chronicles doesn't give to us the words of the prayer mentioning only that the prayer is recorded in the record of the seers. The words of this prayer were included for many years in what the church considered the scriptures. It was Martin Luther, it is said, who removed this prayer. He wanted to take his scissors to a number of different parts, like the Song of Solomon, the Book of James, but he was not allowed to remove books, but he did remove... This prayer of Manasseh, he didn't like part of it. I want to read it for you today. O Lord Almighty, God of our ancestors, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and of their righteous offspring, you who made heaven and earth with all their order, who shackled the sea by your word, of command who confined the deep and sealed it with your terrible and glorious name at whom all things shudder and tremble before your power for your glorious splendor cannot be borne and the wrath of your threat to sinners is unendurable yet immeasurable and unsearchable is your promised mercy for you are the Lord most high of great compassion, long suffering, very merciful. And you relent at human suffering. O oh Lord, according to your great goodness, you have promised repentance and forgiveness to those who have sinned against you. And in the multitude of your mercies, you have appointed re- repentance for sinners so that they might be saved. Therefore you, O Lord, God of the righteous, have not appointed repentance for the righteous, for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who did not sin against you, but you have appointed repentance for me, who am a sinner. Now obviously in this prayer, and I'll finish it in a moment, Manasseh, seeing his own utter wickedness, says that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't sin, they did, But Manasseh can't see it because his sin is so large. Now here is his honest confession before a holy and righteous God. For the sins I have committed are more in number than the sand of the sea. My transgressions are multiplied, O Lord, they are multiplied. I'm not worthy to look up and see the height of heaven because of the multitude of my iniquities. I am weighed down with many an iron fetter so that I am rejected because of my sins. And I have no relief, for I have provoked your wrath and I have done what is evil in your sight, setting up abominations and multiplying offenses. And now, I bend the knee of my heart, imploring you for your kindness. I have sinned, O Lord. I have sinned, and I acknowledge my transgressions. I earnestly implore you, forgive me, O Lord. Forgive me. Do not destroy me with my transgressions. Do not be angry with me forever, or store up evil for me. Do not condemn me to the depths of the earth. For you, O Lord, are the God of those who repent. And in me you will manifest your goodness, for unworthy as I am, you will save me according to your great mercy, and I will praise you continually all the days of my life. For all the host of heaven sings your praise, and yours is the glory forever. Amen. This is the prayer of Manasseh. He recognized his sin, and he turned from it, and he repented. And the merciful God of heaven forgave him, took him from that Babylonian prison and brought him back and restored him to the throne of Judah. Now he could not undo all of the harm he did. And because of that, because of his murders, because of his adulteries, because of how he Persecuted God's people because he set up the idols and the and the altars even in the holy temple. He couldn't undo it all, he tried. But the Lord saved him. And I'm looking forward to that great day when I can sit down with Manasseh and with tears running down my face and say Manasseh. When God forgave you. I knew he could forgive me. Oh, my brother, my sister, your sins can be forgiven and removed. Today the title of the broadcast is The Wine of Jesus' Love. I wanted to say the sweet wine of Jesus' love because it is so sweet he brings to us the gift of righteousness now please I need to say this with all kindness and respect you must make a decision are you going to go about your life based on what you think and what you believe what you've been taught what your church teaches you are you going to go to Jesus with your rituals or are you going to go simply to Jesus and allow Jesus to teach you the way of the cross I have suffered much for the kingdom of God. I've suffered rebuke. I've suffered being treated as a poisonous snake and being cut off. I've lost those most dear to me because I would not turn from the way of righteousness, because I would not turn from the straight and narrow way but I count all of that suffering as nothing. If in it all I may gain Christ. I love Jesus. He is the one I desire. And I will go to the scriptures and I will not go by what I've been taught or what people have said or what I want to believe. I'm going to believe the literal word of the scriptures. And what it says, if it doesn't match up with my experience, it's not the word of God that's wrong, it's my experience that's wrong. And it must be transformed, it must be changed. I must be changed. Almost two years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Let me make of you a new man. I have now for these two years been crying out to God and saying, Oh God, send your Holy Spirit to make of me a new man. Not a man who tries to please anyone but Jesus. Not a man who will try to escape persecution or suffering for the name of Jesus. A, A man who stands stalwart and strong. Now I'm going to share some things with you today that are so awesome, that fill my heart with such exceeding great joy. In the, in the Gospel of John, John the Baptist says that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what must be taken away from us, the sin of The degradation, the wickedness, the self centeredness, the self importance, the ambition, everything of the old man must be utterly cut off and removed. And in fact, the old nature must be removed from us. So let's look at what Jesus said. He begins to gather disciples. He says, whoever serves me must follow me. And so he invites the disciples to begin following him. He has been in the desert of Judea, a dry and barren place, a place of scorpion and snake. And the snake, Satan, came to him and tempted him there, and he was victorious. Jesus won the victory. Now he begins to invite disciples to follow him. Andrew, Peter, Philip, Nathaniel. All of the disciples don't join yet. He will call them later, like Matthew. But now Jesus' family invites him to come with his disciples who are in part cousins. His family invites him to a large wedding. The wedding was in Cana of Galilee. And so Jesus leaves Judea and begins his ministry in Galilee. I'm going to share with you what is called the first great sign. And at this sign, the new disciples who've just begun to follow him, they have left John the Baptist, and they are now following Jesus. They see this great sign, and they put their faith in him. Jesus' mother and his disciples who had been invited were all at the wedding feast when the wine ran out. This was a multi-day affair, and the wine ran out, and that's a great tragedy in that culture. Now, I'm not going to argue with you today about whether that wine was distilled wine, real wine, or whether it was grape juice. It frankly doesn't matter to me, but it may matter to you, so let's lay it aside. I'm not going to argue about it. But Jesus' mother comes to him and says, They have no more wine, Jesus. And Jesus answers, Mother dear, why are you involving me? My time has not yet come. What did he mean? My time has not yet come. It was time for the ministry to begin. But he's saying, it's not time yet for me to sacrifice as an atonement for the sin of the world. It's not time for me to shed my blood yet. Now it's clear. Jesus is considering this grape juice, this wine, as a symbol of his blood. And you remember, the Eucharist is given, and he said, take this, this wine in remembrance of me. It's my blood. Take the bread. It's my body. He did that with the third cup of the Passover at the very end. And he instituted the Eucharist, the communion. Now, Jesus' mother knows him very well, and Joseph is gone. He's died. He was a much older man. His mother says to the servants, just do whatever he tells you. Like Mama dear New Jesus. Just please just do whatever he tells you to do. Well, nearby there were six stone water jars. These were huge. They held twenty to thirty gallons apiece. They were probably used for ritual washings. They were empty. Jesus said to the servants, Fill those jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. We're talking now about at least 120 to 130 gallons of liquid. And Jesus says to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine He didn't realize where it had come from. The servants who'd drawn the water out of those water jars knew they'd filled that that water jar. And the master of the banquet called the bridegroom aside, and he said, Look, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. Jesus is the best wine. It is the wine of his love. It is the wine of his compassion, his forgiveness. It is the wine of his mercy. This was the first of the miraculous signs that Jesus would do. And it was done in Cana in Galilee. He revealed his glory, and the disciples put their faith in him. Now after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers, and they stayed there for a few days while Jesus taught his disciples about who he was and what he was doing. And then they headed back to Judea for a feast. But I want to use this passage of Scripture to talk about what the blood of Jesus Christ actually does for us. This blood is very precious, it's very powerful. I want to share with you first a passage that I I shared yesterday. It's found in 1 Peter, the second chapter. I'll begin reading with verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree or on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness or live innocent by his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is present tense. He bore our sins in his body on the cross to give us the opportunity to die to our sins and to live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. We've always usually spoken about the stripes by the wounds that were healed physically, and it's true. We are healed physically by the wounds of Jesus Christ on the cross, and as he was beaten by the Roman soldiers, by his stripes we've been healed. But it's much more than that. This will go against what most of you have been taught. But here it is in the scriptures. 1 Peter 2, verses 24-25. Literally, literally, Jesus is saying, by my stripes on the cross, you can die to your sins. So, if you don't die to your sins, it's because you're unwilling to die with Jesus. You're unwilling to be crucified with him. Now, I want to look at a couple of other passages let me Let me turn in my Bible. I want to read for you first John, the first chapter. 1 John, the first chapter. I'm going to begin with verse 7. Now, we know that 1 John is written as a strong defense against Gnosticism. Gnosticism was that heresy that taught that your sin of the body of the flesh would not prevent you or would not touch the gold of your spirit. So they didn't care about sin. John comes with a strong defense. Listen, First John, the first chapter, I'll begin with verse 7. But if we may keep walking in the light, just as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from every Conceivable sin. Now please, please hear me. You do not overcome sin by your flesh, by trying hard. This is not a self-improvement deal. This is the miraculous, supernatural work of God that is done for you in Jesus Christ. Jesus, by his blood, by the sweet blood of Jesus' love, is willing to totally cleanse you from every conceivable sin. If we may say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. He's not speaking about a man who's born again, who's walking clean. He's talking to that Gnostic who is saying, I don't need the blood of Jesus. Well, the blood of Jesus is the only way you can be washed and made clean. You can't do it through self-improvement. Verse 9, If we may be in agreement with God with respect to our sins, he is faithful and righteous so that he may remove the sins with reference to us and may cleanse us from every conceivable unrighteousness. He cleanses us. I spoke to a man just recently who's really struggling because once the old nature cut out and gone. And he was saying, I haven't made it yet. Well, I knew at that point that he was struggling with his sin. You can't struggle with your sin and win. There's only one way you deal with sin, and that is you die to it by turning to Jesus Christ by claiming the promises of his precious blood that breaks the power of sin in your heart and in your life. This is a supernatural, glorious, awesome work of God. And it's done by the blood of Jesus. He is faithful and righteous so that he may remove and that word is "apheme," And in most translations you're going to read that he may forgive. But the word doesn't mean forgive. It means much more than that. It means to totally forgive and totally remove so that the sin is gone. We don't go back to it. We don't rehearse it. We cast it off in the name of Jesus and we stand by faith. The work is done in my heart. he may remove the sins with reference to us and may cleanse us from every conceivable unrighteousness now there's another passage of scripture i want to read for you it's found in first john the 3rd chapter i want you to catch these glorious promises these are These are of the wine, of the love of Jesus Christ for you. This is the blood, the work of the blood to save your soul. Everyone who continues remaining in him. This is 1 John, the third chapter, verse 6. See, you can continue to remain in him if you choose. says he does not keep on sinning. You say to me, it's impossible, Pastor. I can't quit sinning. Yes, you can if you die. If you're willing to go to the cross with Jesus and give your life up, why would you want to hang on to your life? It's dirty. It's unclean. It's filthy. Don't try to improve that ugly corpse. Let it die. Let it be buried. Let the glorious love of Jesus enter into your soul and lift you up. Repent of that thing. Cast it off in the name of Jesus. Be clean. Let the blood wash you. Everyone who continues remaining in him does not keep on sinning. Everyone sinning has not seen him. Neither has he known him. You can know about Jesus, but not know him in person. I want you to know Jesus in person, loving him, glorifying his name, worshiping him. Jesus is looking for saints. He's looking for men and women who are willing to die for him, to lay down their life, to be crucified with him. As Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live, not I, but Christ lives in me. I'm made alive by Christ who dwells in me. That means I'm going to be persecuted. People are going to misunderstand. They're going to castigate me. They're going to rebuke me. They're going to say what you're saying is nonsense. It is for the man of flesh. It is for a man who's unwilling to give up his pride. It is for a man or woman who's unwilling to lay down their life for Jesus Christ. Religion will not save you. Religion won't save you. Only Jesus, by his blood, can save you. It's the blood that washes you clean. Listen, little children... You must not let anybody deceive you. The one continually doing the righteousness is righteous, just as that one is righteous. The one continually doing the sin is out of the devil, because the devil sins from a beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, so that he may destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil in my heart, in my life, and restore me to his likeness now, not sometime in the future. This is now. Listen, everyone having been born out of God, does not continue to sin because his seed continues to remain in him and he is not able to keep on sinning. When Jesus comes into our soul and we make a mistake, we are deeply grieved. Do I make mistakes? Oh, yes. I've made so many mistakes. But my Savior has washed them away. Am I tempted to sin? Oh, yes, I'll be tempted to sin until the day I die. The tempter never stops giving up trying to tempt us to sin. To doubt the glory of God? To doubt Jesus? To doubt that we can be righteous? To doubt that we can turn away from our sin? No, the devil wants us to stay in our sin until we die because he knows that if we stay in our sin until we die, we'll go to hell. His seed continues to remain in him and he is not able to keep on sinning because he has been born out of God. That's the supernatural work of the Spirit. Where God comes and he does this work in our hearts, he wants to do it in you today. Now in Ephesians I want to read this for you. I'll read for you for a moment from the third chapter of Ephesians. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. This is the wine of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the sweet wine of his love. To know this love that surpasses all knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And then in the fourth chapter, verse 17, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Ephesians 4 17b you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts having lost all sensitivity they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Now, what is this truth that is in Jesus? You were taught, verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That is the old Adamic nature that you got from Adam. To put that thing off, to cut it off in the name of Jesus Christ. To be made new in the attitude of your mind. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore each of you must put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we're all members of one body. In your anger do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no more, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption get rid of all bitterness rage anger, brawling, slander along with every form of malice Be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. There's one more passage that I want to share with you. One more passage. In Colossians, the third chapter, since then you've been raised with Christ when you are born from above you are you are raised with Christ you are filled with the holy spirit when you are born from above set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of god set your minds on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hid with Christ in god when Christ is your life Appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these Anger, rage, malice, slander, these are the big hot-button issues. This is the way the old man walks. The man of sin walks in anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language, lying. He says, you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator, Here there's no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Do you hear, brother, sister? You cannot live by what you've been taught. You have to go to the scriptures and read them for yourselves. You must read the word of God and understand that you have by the sweet, sweet wine of Jesus that he made in Cana of Galilee that he shed on the cross you must understand that this blood destroys sin destroys the old man nowhere in the scripture are the Greek words used that mean to repress or to push down the old man no in the scriptures it's destroyed utterly annihilated, it is destroyed, it is gone, yes we're going to be tempted the tempter will come until he's destroyed in the fires of hell but we don't have to succumb we walk clean before God our hearts are filled with love yes we make mistakes yes but it's not rebellion it's not choosing to rebel against the most high God all sin is volitional. All sin is voluntary. If you didn't volunteer, it wasn't sin. The scriptures tell us very plainly that sin is lawlessness. sin is lawlessness the question is will you make Christ first in your heart will you drink the blood of Jesus Christ and allow that blood to cleanse your soul Will you allow the blood of Jesus Christ to wash you? The fourth chapter of First Peter, Christ suffered in his body. Arm yourselves also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. He lives his life for the will of God. I call you today to repent, to finish the work of righteousness by being crucified with Christ Jesus. We have a few minutes left in this broadcast. I'd like to pray. Now, Next Friday, I plan to open the phone lines. I will be live next Friday, and I'm going to open the phone lines. And you're welcome to call in with questions, with testimonies, and with prayer. Next week, I'll be live again five days. My dear brother Ed Pugh is desperately ill, and he's not able to post any of the messages on the Internet. Hopefully soon, by God's grace, he'll be returned. In the meantime would you pray for brother brother Ed and would you pray for me I face an utterly impossible situation with the church and with the radio in terms of finances I am standing on the promises of God And I'm not going to waver. I'm going to go straight ahead by God's grace. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. You came to Manasseh and forgave him for his sins. Delivered him from his prison. His chains. And brought him back to his kingdom. Returned him in your love and your mercy. I'm asking that you would hear my cry before you for the National Prayer Chapel and for Pilgrim's Progress. I ask that you would hear my cry for every precious person listening to this broadcast, that you would come to them with mighty power. that they would take full advantage of the blood you shed on Calvary to repent and get right with you, to turn aside from sin and to walk in righteousness. Lord, many who are listening are yet in the bondage of wickedness, the bondage of anger and bitterness, of cynicism, of idolatry, of sexual sin. Lord, many who are listening to this broadcast are just half Christians. And they need to come all the way and be born truly from above and made righteous by your shed blood on Calvary. Lord, I come today pleading your blood over Washington, D.C., I pray for our President and our Congress. I pray for the Supreme Court. I pray that you will rebuke all wickedness and all corruption, that you will expose it. I pray for our Attorney General. I pray that you will give him great strength and integrity to carry out his mission and your will to clean up the Justice Department and to bring an honest justice to this nation. Lord, I pray that you will rule over America once more and that your blessings can flow to this nation as we turn from murdering babies and children, as we repent of sexual sin, as we turn from corruption and idolatry as we turn from the entertainment of the devil as we read your word and walk holy before you I pray your blessings can flow once more to this nation we are like Manasseh our sins are higher than the heavens and surely you will judge us even as you judge Manasseh and foreign armies will invade our land and bomb our cities if we do not quickly turn in repentance before your throne. Lord, I repent today for America. I repent for America, for our pride and our arrogance and our wickedness. Lord, would you minister to us the gift of repentance now, and would you wash away our sins by your blood? I know you are kind and merciful. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Would you bless Pilgrim's Progress today with a gift? To help cover the cost of February radio, you can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Would you give as the Holy Spirit directs you? I'm crying out to God for deliverance. I'm waiting and believing that many of you will respond Now you can also go to our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com and you can give online I go to that site every day to check to see if anyone has given I go to the post office every day and I say Lord I thank you for what you give And I thank you for what I don't have. My trust is in you, Jesus. I hope this word today has been helpful to you. I know it won't be helpful to you if you don't earnestly go to the scriptures and review what I have given you. Jesus came remove our sins and if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and he'll purify us from all unrighteousness this is not self help this is the glorious work of our Lord Jesus this is why he died on Calvary and now he is in the tabernacle of heaven carrying out The work of applying his blood to every person who's willing to die to his sin and be transformed into the image of Jesus. Would you repent today? And would you receive Jesus? I love you, my brother and my sister. It is a privilege to come and speak the gospel of Jesus to you. But please don't take it for granted. I am here only by the grace of Jesus. God bless you today. I'll look forward to hearing from you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.